This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Off the Break Podcast. I am Kyle. Joining me is Ken, as always. But not as always is Cody, who is not going to be on this episode, which means you have Ken and I, and that could only mean good things, and this will not be a train wreck. <laughs> Don't you agree, Ken? It won't be a high-speed train wreck. <laughs> Maybe like one of those where the car like tips over at the end. Oh, uh, There it goes. <laughs> that just makes me think of bullet train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the climax of bullet train. That's where we're going with this that's, here. That's the extreme version of what's going to happen today. <laughs> no, this will be a good episode. Um, and we're going to start off the episode by Ken having a few words with me. You have some beef with me, Ken? I am extremely angry at you, Kyle. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, beyond frustrated. I just, I can't believe. You and I are, are generally on the same page yeah. as far as... As far as films go, like you and I are the voice of reason. Cody is the wild card as far as movies. Sure. It's like, oh my gosh, she's gonna, she's gonna hate another film. (laughs) While Mortal Kombat is a cinematic masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it was like she's gonna, she's gonna find something she likes in this, but it's like, oh my gosh. So you gave you gave me a recommendation in February of last year. Okay. And I finally got around to this film and was supremely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so you're coming at me with this and I've had no notes other than that it was an early release in 2022. No, you didn't have February. I I gave that up, but Yeah. So I I told you this yesterday mm-hmm. and so you've been going through your archives trying to find out which movie could you could have possibly recommended <laughs> i did so you've got some guesses there i didn't dig through our podcast episodes because that's just too many to go through instead i just went through the release slate found like the first quarter of releases and was like okay what movies that ken and i probably could align to that i would probably recommend to him and i'm really hoping it's not some prestige drama that i recommended to him for no good reason i'm hoping like it's an action movie um, so I had three just in like the first quarter of 2022. I did not know about the February part until Correct. now, but I'll just say them anyway. Cause I yep. think it's fun. So my first choice was uncharted. Okay. Which that's probably not it. Obviously ambulance. I also picked as well, but I believe that was in April. So not February, okay. which leads me to my last choice. And I'm pretty sure this was in February and I'm going to say moonfall. I recommend Moonfall you to you. You nailed it. You yes! recommend Moonfall to me. <laughs> and this movie goes off the rails almost immediately yes! for me. <laughs> so um, I think we should kick it off with uh, two films coming out this weekend, Moonfall and Jackass. So Kyle, you and saw Moonfall. How is it? It's stupid. Okay. <laughs> but I enjoyed myself. Yes! yes! <laughs> <laughs> I might have a new favorite asteroid slash moon breaking apart, crashing into Earth movie favorite. I think you'll like it. I think you'll like this one. <laughs> See, now I thought it would go off the rails for you in the best way. I wasn't expecting no. it to be the opposite. As as, <laughs> no, this is, this is standard fare. The moon is going to crash into the Earth. Right. We find a way to keep the moon from crashing into the Earth. Mm-hmm. Or... Just part of the moon crashes into the earth, and then we figure out how life exists after that. Right. No. There's some sort of artificial intelligence, like prehistoric 
AI yeah. technology component that comes into this. In like the third act. <laughs> yeah, but in the very beginning, all of a sudden they're attacked by like these nanoparticles. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh God, no. <laughs> they found, please, oh no, please, there's a reason. <laughs> and the moon is not a moon. It's some sort of weird artificial intelligence satellite that has like current technology vehicles <laughs> inside of it. Yeah. Kyle, I've lost respect for you. No. <laughs> I'd say 8 to 11% of my respect for you is gone because of this. So it was it was so disappointing. Like I was I finally had like 2 hours to myself and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch this. Like Oh I, no. Kyle, now I Kyle feel said bad. This was good. And it was I, I When you put I, it like that, I, I got I got to the point where they found inside of the moon, they yes. find they find some sort of military base that has no military in it. Mm-hmm. There's no people in it. There's mm-hmm. the artificial intelligence crap in it. Well, they ran out of budget, so that's why. <laughs> and then they find modern to their time vehicles in it that mm-hmm. they can operate mm-hmm. with like controls and crap, even though there's like nanobots flying around attacking stuff. <laughs> it has like a stick to drive it. <laughs> it was like what is happening so dumb. i didn't even get to the end i shut it off and i'm like what have i done with the last <laughs> 60 minutes of my life it no <laughs> I, was, I was so disappointed in you not because you like the movie but you said specifically i would like the movie <laughs> and i'm like what does he think of me <laughs> Now, I should have thought about that aspect in regards to what you liked, because I thought I was seeing the action parts of it, like the the moon falling, everything's blowing up. I was like, okay, this this could maybe work. This tracks. This I think this tracks. If I found enjoyment in this, which I'm still am surprised that I did, mm-hmm. then maybe Ken would like it. But I'll give you the third act part because I remember at that point, even for how ridiculous the premise is to begin with, and that's the point, even I was like, oh, aliens, huh? All yeah. right, sure. Yeah. I guess if any reason test, to happen, that would be Test Kyle's it. editing skills to see if he can splice in some moments from that podcast into this one. But it now was. Now that I know what the episode is, I could but easily it do was, that. At the end of your review, I asked you, who was the better astronaut, Halle Berry in this or Ben Affleck in Armageddon. And you went with Halle Berry as the better astronaut. Did I really? She literally doesn't do anything in this movie. I don't remember saying Yeah, that. yeah. Can I ask a question? Yep. Who is a more convincing astronaut? Ben Affleck from Armageddon or Halle Berry? <laughs> Halle Berry. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I was in a weird mood then to be like, sure, Halle Berry. Not that Ben Affleck is an astronaut in that movie either, but good God. I mean, maybe I was thinking of which two were the more useless, and I was like, oh, maybe early 2000s Ben Affleck was, but. It was, I, this movie, I'm surprised it made a dollar, let alone, you know, two or three millions of dollars. I get that. Again, it wasn't good. It was just the movie I needed. Soul crushing. (laughs) All right. Well, where heavier did, than the moon. Where did Megan fall on, or M. Thregan fall on your spectrum of I needed it? Ken, I think you really, really will. Un- <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> now I'm not sure what to think. I will say this about Megan: I had fun with it. Oh God! I had fun with it. 
that was the point of this movie because it's mainly more of a horror comedy rather than like a straightforward horror movie. Still moments where, you know, it, it can get under your skin or you get kind of creeped out by like the dolls and movements, the way it looks. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the times where like would speak to one of the um, characters, like you'd be like, oh, that was creepy. I don't trust this doll at all. But mainly you are there for the second half of the movie where the doll really does damage to everyone. And mm-hmm. that's like the most fun parts for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see why. I, I I mean, for, you know, in the time that we're in now, January, we're wanting a movie to really pop to start the year. This one, I think, really did the trick, but I just wasn't expecting it to overperform to, like, the 30 million opening that it had um, this past weekend. So mm-hmm. I'm really happy to hear that. I'm really happy to see, like, audiences, if they were trying to get to Avatar but couldn't make it work, they were able to give Megan a chance, and they ended up liking it. It seems like everyone, most everyone is on board with this movie, and for its overall premise, which is a AI killer doll going around killing people, which, yeah, I was here for that. I thought it was fun. Good time. Just um, a nice relaxer of a horror comedy, I would say. Yeah, well, we planned on it opening somewhere around 12 to 15 million is kind of where these movies fall. And at a $30 million opening weekend, which was very surprising for January. And people say it's good. (laughs) Like, they're not walking out being like, don't go see it. People are actually recommending it, so... Maybe it has some legs throughout the month. It, there's there's not much in as far as competition goes. So <laughs> no, <laughs> I is, mean we'll root good, for playing. It's but... a good month to have a surprise. Yeah, especially a PG thirteen rating. Yeah, exactly. The surprise factor of it really did the trick for me. But just in terms of the industry, I'm really happy that we have this to start off the year. Yeah, and speaking of surprises, it snuck up on us again this year. National <laughs> Popcorn Day. Yeah, <laughs> coming uh, January nineteenth. We realized that yesterday, so we figured, well, maybe just remind other theaters who may want to participate but just didn't remember about it. Uh, you can be able to participate in it if you want, and um, I think it would be a fun time to see if you can do like half-off tickets or half-off concessions and kind of similar to National Cinema Day, um, see more of an influx of people than you may have prepared for earlier. Yes, because our industry has the best of something. Yeah. Popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, so what else do we have on the docket this week? I'm sure we haven't talked about it, but I'm sure we're going to talk about Avatar again at some point because it's still number one and it's still going to be number one yeah. probably through the end of the month. Yeah. Um, which had me thinking about a topic that I've kind of wanted to discuss with you and Cody, which Cody isn't here, so I'll just lay it out all, all on the front with you and that if avatar 2 keeps performing this well and people are still inclined to like see the 3d aspect of it and we're about to be having more avatar movies now every two years instead of waiting every 15 years Mm -hmm. i'm just wondering if as that happens and audiences kind of become more excited for 3d again if that's going to become like a want for audiences again, just because as we've been talking about over the past few years on this podcast, we've been seeing that audiences really want a upscale experience Mm -hmm. when it comes to going to movie theaters, not just for, you know, the concessions or the seatings, but also probably for the presentation part as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if audiences are going to think that that's what they're wanting when it comes to 3d again. But on top of that, it makes me wonder if they're going to be going, well, if not 3d, what else is going to be there? Like, is it possible that 
IMAX could become more commonplace than before? Is it possible that things such as like Screen X uh, displays or 40X uh, theater experiences are going to play a factor into that becoming more commonplace if audiences may want uh, more of an upscale viewing experience of that? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely something that's been on the periphery. Like they're the the highest grossing locations in the country have generally speaking, they have IMAX, they have forty mm-hmm. X, they have these these options for theater goers. Yeah. Mostly because they're bringing so much in ticket revenue and concession revenue that they have the opportunity to go, hey, let's take one of our small auditoriums and put in these seats that move mm-hmm. <laughs> these seats that do this or let's upgrade the experience to to laser to atmos to all these things because there's an opportunity to do that sure without taking a single screen small town theater and upgrading it and then finding out that this is of no use to us <laughs> <laughs> or finding out all of a sudden our, our clientele doesn't want you know a seat that moves while they're watching right <laughs> their film and and obviously the expense but yeah, you really dug into this and, and gave me a lot of information well, about I, these, which is great. You yeah. know, I haven't really considered these because we we work with theaters that don't generally, you know, aren't going to sit and upgrade um, to something like 4DX. So it was a, another, you know, weapon in our arsenal as far as talking to our theaters and saying, hey, mm-hmm. this is an option. This is something that... Not only do we need to look at, but we really need to evaluate moving forward. Yeah, I think at least in the time being, this is more of an evaluation process. I was seeing, you know, some of the pricing on, you know, Screen X and 40X and those things. And obviously they're really, really expensive. So by no means go out of your way to do that and completely renovate your theater just for those aspects. But I'm just wondering if there will ever become a time where uh, the demand for that will be so much that it will become more commonplace and then it could be more possible for theaters to get these um uh these versions of a theater going experience a lot more yeah the screen x was the one that was interesting to me because there are um historically there were theaters like the the cinedomes that were theaters that projected the film onto a a round surface right yeah round or dome, there are yeah. you know more theaters set up for um productions whether it's uh, speakers, comedians, even some musicians, where they're set up in a round, mm-hmm. where there is there are <laughs> the the wall is round. So how do you utilize the space without taking out a substantial amount of your seating? Yeah, for films. So the Screen X thing was pretty interesting to me, um, with the the five five projectors and the way that it it works on such a a curved area. Because generally, if we have a a curved screen in an auditorium it's it's built for a projection system with one projector that works on that single screen right and i believe with screen x it's pretty much a three screen system but they have to use five projectors to to make uh, everything match up yeah, yeah exactly to put the light in the right spaces so there's no no dark areas or everything flows but seeing something like that a a, a film that works in that space would be awesome yeah, I mean, especially when I think of like Avatar or Top Gun, if if we're starting to get into this era where we're kind of returning to like, in a way, classic blockbuster feel, mm-hmm. rather than thinking of blockbusters as only like superhero movies, mm-hmm. like that that could be 
the pathway to making that more commonplace, I suppose. Again, this is just speculation. There isn't yeah. really much I don't uh, think, information I don't think... in stock being proven that. Yeah, definitely not not where it will be commonplace, but it will be something that people will seek out, mm-hmm. I think, moving forward. Similar to what when people have when we have a blockbuster and people travel to get to an IMAX. Yeah. Yeah. To get to an Atmos screen when they're um, not available to them. And as for 4DX, where it's pretty much, in case if people don't know, it's a combination of, you know, watching the movie, but also it uh, plays with your senses. So it has um, theater seating that would match, like, movements, make you, like, tilt forward and backward, move side to side. It would have, like, um, the aroma scope um, aspect to it where it, you know, pushes out air that smells like a rose garden or it makes it smell like burning rubber if a tire of a car is like driving forward this, and this part is so crazy to me it, it <laughs> as i was as i was looking into 40x because again i just wasn't familiar with it like there's just legit terms for some of this stuff mm-hmm. like they use the term roll to say like a seat is moving left to right as compared to pitch which means it's moving back to forth and uh yeah, like they just have so many effects that goes into play with it. That was just crazy. But I think what was more interesting to me with the 40X aspect is that they are looking into um, virtual reality gameplay, which um, they're setting up like games or systems to where they can work within a space that's like a retail store, like a shopping mall or a lobby space or even uh, theater rooms potentially. So they're, you know, doing shooter games or racing games. And we've talked about this before when it comes to setting up um, your theater rooms as, like, a, a gamer space to where you could uh, have, like, you know, racing games with, like, friends and have, like, a party and that sort of thing. But if virtual reality could be, like, the stepping stone from 4DX to become more commonplace, then maybe the potential could be there for actual 4DX screens to be more commonplace. Again, just speculation. Yeah. Even if it was true, it wouldn't be for a very, very long time. I just I hope that these people that are in charge of the programming of the 40X are so much more mature than I am. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because, How so, Ken? Because <laughs> it would be, the smells would be aggressive. Let's just put it that yeah. way. <laughs> like, oh, we're walking through a rose garden. Oh, we enter a restroom underneath a train terminal. <laughs> Oh man, you want to know what the smell of a dive bar is? Yeah, yeah. Watching Roundhouse enters a junkyard. (laughs) Throw it all there. Yeah, no, I would. All the terrible smells. Yeah. So when the people walk out, they just smell like wet garbage. (laughs) We coated them. Oh well, this actor smokes in this film, so we just have you know a guy just blowing cigarette smoke from the front of the auditorium. Uh, it's like I never left the house. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe not in terms of like the 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 movie aspect, but maybe in terms of gaming, like lobby spaces or one of your um, theater rooms that you're not really using to play as many movies anymore. Maybe the potential could be there to convert it. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely we're always trying to encourage theaters to find a, another reason to get people in. And the movies are not always there. I mean, we're lucky that uh, M3 again has worked out the way it did because mm-hmm. it was January was looking rough as far as yeah. <laughs> months go. So it was it was looking pretty bleak. So, but if you have another reason for people to come in, whether it's how good 
your concessions are, how great your service is, what your lobby looks like, what your other entertainment options are. Like if you have something else, then there's at least another reason for someone to come in short of the films themselves. I'm just kind of wondering, I guess, if 3D is becoming or is feeling like the something else when people go see Avatar. Like I just haven't had much conversation when it comes to Avatar with people saying, like, I really love the 3D. I almost wonder if they still feel like that first role experience of like being in Pandora is happening regardless of watching it in 3D or not. Because I didn't see it in 3D and I certainly had moments where like, you know, they dive underwater and I'm like, oh, better hold my breath. But you're obviously the, the not supposed to. The we work with, it's, it's really hit and miss. We find some places where it's really working well, mm-hmm. where the 3D is outgrossing the 2d still where there's repeat viewings for the 3d specifically but it's you know it depends on where you're at it also depends on how discerning your your theater goers are if you have somebody that if you have an area that is very technologically savvy they're obviously willing to spend the money to see a movie at higher frame rate and laser and 3d yeah and understand that's what they're going to but if you're working with first gen uh, projection equipment and you're working with downgraded 3d equipment as a matter of cost savings necessity for your theater your final 3d film that you put on screen is not going to look the same as a brand new laser projector with all the bells and whistles it's right. just not so and maybe that's the case why we're seeing the 3d gross is not working everywhere but i think it it has to do with very specific demographics and where where people are watching this because mm. i'm i'm going to assume that uh folks in the midwest where i'm from are genuinely amazed by the 3d <laughs> watching it like oh my god i ain't never seen nothing like yeah. this before you can do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, thought, I thought pandora is where i bought my wife gifts for our anniversary you know <laughs> No, that's a really good point. I'm glad that you brought up like the location aspect of it because um, I guess if you pay attention to how your uh, theater goers are reacting to the visuals or to the way a movie looks or the experiences that they're getting, that maybe you can help you decide if you do need to have upgrades when it comes to your equipment or maybe you can feel like you can hold off a bit longer or if you feel like it's not necessary and the pivot should be more towards concessions like are the theater goers that you have are happy about the concessions or the seating. And uh, yeah. that's a very good point to bring up. But yeah, be prepared because the with the success of Avatar, this 3D stuff is not going away. Not that we're seeing locations being uh, left out because they don't have 3D capability, but there are more and more requirements. I mean, we're seeing already seeing stuff for Ant-Man. Ant-Man is going to have a substantial amount of 3D components of interest in the film being shown in 3D by Disney. So if you have 3D, they, they're going to want you to use it. And one, because it, it sets a, their films apart because they have the budgets to spend $200 million on a movie and have 3D, have the film made in 3D. But also because guess what? You have to upcharge for 3D and mm-hmm. they get a bigger cut of a bigger, or they get a cut of a bigger ticket price. Right. right. So there's a benefit to them there as well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. you could still upgrade, but do you really want to 
Correct. Yeah. Do that. This, <laughs> I mean, if it was if it was my theater and I didn't play Avatar in 3D, I wouldn't be running out to upgrade my equipment now. Sure. If I had a single screen um, complex and I, I played Avatar, it did well for you know the first two weeks, and then I saw a standard drop that we would see on on a film this size. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be running out to do do 3D even if I had patrons ask for it, but. If I did play it in 3D and it was successful, I would strongly, I would be strongly encouraging all of my theater goers, hey, try this in 3D. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, not only does the film company get a little bit more, but you do too. And yes, it's more work with the glasses. Yes, it's more work. Yes, it's more of a pain in the butt with everything. But if if I'm going to make a dollar more for every person that comes through that door, I'm going to do it. (laughs) <laughs> regardless of yeah. you know if it if it pencils out it makes sense if you're if you're there already yeah i would agree with that oh well uh, you yeah. you go ken <laughs> well i got excited because i got to tell you i lost respect for you this week <laughs> <laughs> that that's going to stick with me for a long time <laughs> good it should i will heal but <laughs> i already slashed your tires in the parking lot <laughs> But clearly eight, eight by to the 11% of them. clearly by the sounds of what I said, and <laughs> I I probably had this coming. <laughs> I had to listen to Moonfall it. Moonfall is a masterpiece. It Halle Berry should get an it, Oscar. It wasn't that good, but it was like it's like you will really enjoy this. Was the sense that stuck out to me? It like, just oh, echoed no. in your brain after you turned off the TV. Yeah, it just stayed with me. I was like, I was like, staring oh, at your reflection on the screen. I'm really going to enjoy this. Like I was genuinely looking forward to this movie. <laughs> And then I walked in and just got slapped in the face. I can't wait to look back on that episode. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, for pop culture stuff this week, what did you have? I know we have the Golden Globes this week. la di da di da Yeah, who cares? <laughs> the only thing I care about the Golden Globes is that Kei Hui Kwan, who we've known um, back then of like being in Temple of Dune and Goonies, He's now being able to get back into the acting gig again. He did that with Everything Everywhere all at once, which he was great in. And now he's getting rewarded for it. And practically every speech that he gives when he get, uh, gets an award, including Golden Globes, is just so touching and personal. He's he's the guy that's just is happy to be around, happy to be at the party. Like, it doesn't have to be about him. But if someone's like, hey, you did a great job on that. He's like, oh, thank you. But it was a team effort. I'm just happy to be here. And, uh, you know, is that type of mentality and uh that and that type of self-awareness i really appreciate and he seems like a really sweet guy too so i want to give a shout out to him and make sure if you haven't go see everything everywhere all at once if you can but uh yeah just was really nice to see him be winning these awards lately yeah no and uh you know banshees of initiative won a couple of awards which is good mm-hmm. i'm glad like films that are actually written yeah <laughs> get awards yeah like, films that are like <laughs> Based on, you know, screenplays by very specific writers get a chance, get their their day in the sun. And just specific ideas, too, of, like, with Banshees of Inishirin, it's just about two guys, two older guys, and one of them is like, you know what? I don't really want to be your friend anymore. (laughs) I never really liked you anyway. It's it's such a basic premise, which is great. It's so good, too. (laughs) It's such a funny movie, but... Yeah, no, those... uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. I'm yeah. always in for that. But yeah, that's just... a great duo. <laughs> for some reason, you know, I mean, I get, I get that they've, they've done this before, but it was like I was, I was very pleasantly surprised when, yeah, they they ran it back as mm. different characters this time, but still the same, yeah, 
the like, same chemistry. Like now you're having the debate. They worked last on in Bruges, and now you're wondering which one do I like more because yeah. they're both just such great movies and yeah, uh, and also kind of simpler premises too. But just with the power of writing, it just really works. It can just do wonders for a movie for sure. Correct. Yeah. And then we had the <laughs> the debacle of the movie Fablemans won a couple of awards. We'll see what that means for our theaters being able to book it, play it, compete with it in a PVOD window. Right. All these things that we're dealing with where Banshees was released in October, something like that. Yeah. And everything everywhere was an April release. Yeah. <laughs> so we had we've had plenty of time to to play those other films, but this one was you know, Fablemans is a conundrum to not only uh, me as film buyer, but for theater owners. Like, when am I going to play it? Do I even want to play it because of these extra things going on? Sure, sure. And Universal is playing very fast and loose with this um, PVOD window. We ran into, we saw that Puss in Boots on Tuesday night is now on PVOD. I thought I saw that. Being the number three film in the country. That was weird to me. Yeah. And they bumped up the price, so instead of the $20 that we had seen as standard, it's $25 for the rental. But it's still available. Right. It's still available. We still don't have any confirmed wide-release PG animated titles until maybe Warner Brothers Mummies in, in late February. So this, just like Sing 2, has a huge runway yeah. to be successful. And it's like, you know what? We're going to put it on... PVOD, and not only was it a surprise to us, but I have a feeling it's a surprise to our, you know, compatriots over at Universal that don't work on the yeah streaming side of things. I'm glad you brought that up because I saw something on my um, Amazon uh, yeah uh, stick, and I, I was like, oh, it must be an ad for it coming soon. To I PVOD. assumed it was coming soon, or it was the first one, and them trying to get sure. more traction from the first one. But it's the, but it's the movie. Yeah, correct. I thought there was a threshold where if it didn't make a certain amount. And it didn't make it didn't open to that certain amount. It didn't open to fifty oh, million. Oh, it's the dollars. opening number. Correct. Oh, that's but dumb. it's yeah. But I, it's yeah, it's holding it on. Opening. It's carrying. It's opening at more locations every week. And you know, we had locations that after Avatar ran at their theaters, then they opened Puss in Boots, and so the the screen counts were going up during this whole time. There was there was additional support behind the film. The drops were very minimal. And it was just, it was so disheartening to see that this Let's week. Let's put it on PVOD. Yeah, correct. And like maybe make exceptions to the rule. <laughs> you would think somebody would see this and like, oh, we have, we have Puss in Boots, which is, it stands alone mm -hmm. on an island. There's nothing else to compete with this. And then we have M3gan, which comes out and it's PG horror and it's doing well. You know what? We should keep both of these. So in multiplexes, we're guaranteed two of however many screens that you have open. Yeah. At minimum, that Universal carries two of these screens. Yeah. Until we bring out another film. And if they were releasing Fablemans on a wider scale, maybe you have three screens of these five, six, seven, eight complexes. So you are carrying a majority of the screens, even though Avatar is number one and the highest grossing film, your three screens would equal that of Avatar or even be bigger than Avatar at these locations. Yeah, plus those are the pivots too. Like if someone isn't able to get to Avatar, 
then they're looking at what the next choice would be, and they see willing, all of these other yeah, tiles. Or you they're have. not willing to commit four hours of their life to sitting in a theater. People seat. People second guess all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only reason I haven't gone yet. I'm generally <laughs> intrigued to see all the visual effects, but I am not sitting in one place for three and a half hours. Well, Ken, let me tell you, this would be perfect for you, right <laughs> up your alley. Nice recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> it has more sense than Moonfall does. <laughs> does that help? Well, anything's more than zero, Kyle. <laughs> At this point, I'll take it. <laughs> so take Kyle's recommendation and go see M3 again in yep. theaters. M3 again, Avatar, Moonfall, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> We've got, uh, yeah, a fun slate this weekend with Tom Hanks and Otto. We have Plane with Gerard Butler, which looks like it's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. Just perfect. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if these have some traction and do well, then we're looking at a better-than-expected January, which is all we can ask for. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because January was not looking good. So if we can float through this month, February is going to be a beast. For sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, so, everyone, have a great weekend. Expect big grosses. Uh, we should be back next week with a new episode. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Off The Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at ScreenInsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off The Break Podcast.